Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. Nice. And we are back with another episode of Great News with Kevin and Mike. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's an intro. The show's about to begin, bro. So put a smile above your chin, bro. Say hello to the happy goodbye to the blues, because Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. That's beautiful. Let's start off the show with Let's something the that show. I'd what? like to do because someone decided to start off a couple episodes ago with very embarrassing pictures and video that hurt me deep inside of me at, at bodybuilding. And he, he knows I don't like that. He so now, didn't he think you, it would bother you. He being you. <laughs> and so I want to debut a new video here. It's a music video, Kevin. Oh, Tell no. me if you recognize the artist. Coming out my mouth, it's like baby talk. Read my lips. I don't know who that is. That's Kesha. I just make noises. Stutter and stammer. Look at my sexy attire. I talk like a sucker. That's not me. It's actually a pretty good song. Look at Kevin. Yeah, it's not me. I don't know who that is, but it's not me. Who cares? I mean, I don't know who it is. I gotta give you, I gotta give you credit, though. Horrendous But we're good. I gotta give you credit. Right enough. I gotta give you credit. Look at that. I'm sexy. You committed. I mean, it's not me. But we I'm making, sexy. We were making fun of Kesha because at the time she was like the biggest star in the world, and we couldn't understand because because what? what the fuck? Yeah. Um. And so Kevin decided to make that parody video. It you committed. I, I did commit. You, I will give you credit. It wasn't me. It wasn't you. But also I committed. Someone looks a lot like you. Uh, This is great news. We bring you some uh, good news stories so that it balances out all the negative that you see on the TV news. There is a local business that stepped in to help some students pay off their lunch debt. Watch this. Apartment. A local business stepped uh, stepped in to help some students by paying off their lunch debt. Students at Sutton's Bay Public Schools who owed a lunch debt don't anymore. Mr. Hoxie's garage in Sutton's Bay has been a longtime supporter of all things Sutton's Bay. They wanted to do something to help students, so they decided to pay off the school's K-12 lunch debt. The school says this act of kindness provides a sense of relief to many families in their district. K-12. through When this, the lunch debt goes away, literally a just sigh of relief. Like, okay, that's one, one very, you know, in some cases, very small problem, but one less problem. Right. And that's that's a win these days. In total, Mr. Hoxie's garage paid off more than two thousand dollars in lunch debt. How about that? I love it. That's a great one to start off with. That really makes me feel good. Um, (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) We obviously one of the reasons we wanted to do this show is because it seems like people are at each other's throats all the time. Right. There's a lot of bitter enemies, a lot of fighting going on on social media and whatnot. Um, This story really highlights the fact that sometimes if you don't like someone that doesn't mean that's the way it's always got to be check it out we end the week with steve hartman and a confrontation between a cop and a criminal it may sound like the start of an all too familiar story but this one takes a couple of unexpected turns on the road they were the bitterest of enemies For more than a decade, here on the streets of Milwaukee, two men shared a mutual disgust. One was a hard-nosed cop named Ray Robakowski. 
I wasn't a social worker, I was a police officer. My job was to take care of what needed to be taken care of. Which is why you didn't like him. Oh, definitely didn't. The other, <laughs> no. a drug dealer and gangbanger named Jacob Macklin. Jacob got arrested so many times, you can watch him grow old in his mug shots. And it was that career thug and this officer who sat down one day over a cup of coffee. The district attorney's office arranged it. The meeting was to see if cop and criminal could work together and come up with a way to get out of this vicious cycle. But neither guy was buying it. Ray was only here because his boss made him come, and Jacob was tricked into coming, told he had a job interview. <laughs> so they basically just glared at each other the entire time. What were you thinking? You're going to screw up, and I'm going to find you and put you back. He was dead set on putting you back in jail. Yeah. I'm glad he changed his mind. Well, you changed his mind. Yeah. Eventually, over the next couple months, Jacob proved to Ray that he wanted to get a job and turn his life around. He sent me on maybe 14 or 15 interviews in two weeks, and one of them was Community Warehouse. Community Warehouse is a nonprofit home improvement store that hires ex-cons and teaches them job skills. Which one did they pay for? Jacob started working here eight years ago and is now on the management team. To this day, he can't thank Ray enough. You grateful? Very, very, very. Oh, man, very. He said very. very at least half a dozen times. Very much so. Thanks, Steve. And as for that very helpful <laughs> cop, he retired from the police force last year. But you still wanted to work. You wanted a job. Yeah. So who did you turn to for work? Oh, <laughs> Jacob Macklin. <laughs> and he laughed. Now he held the cards. But, um, I mean, I wanted to be here. <laughs> Through Community Warehouse, with his new friend Jacob, Ray has now helped more than a dozen other ex-cons leave their past behind. Is Ray a different guy than he was when you first met? Oh, met? definitely. <laughs> Don't say that too loud. Uh, pretty loud. <laughs> Jacob, of course, is equally unrecognizable. Today, his only high-speed chases are around swing sets. He's got four kids and has vowed the cycle stops with him. All proof that if you can find the trust, sometimes your enemies can be your best allies. Steve Hartman, on the road in Milwaukee. Does Steve Hartman do that with his hair on purpose? I'm not sure. Because it just sort of looks like it's trying to be emo, but no, not quite. Say, he looks like he plays bass for Thursday yes. in like 2003, but he's on CBS <laughs> Evening News. It is a strange look. What I love about that story, obviously the whole story, it really is beautiful. And the idea of redemption, and the, the idea of changing the way you feel about another person. But that first meeting where they both got essentially tricked into it and just stared at each yeah, other. I was thinking of like in heat when De Niro and Pacino finally meet up. And he's like, you're going to bust guys like me. I'm going to try to take down scores. He's like, Hoo-ah, I'm going to get you. And they're just staring at each other like angry glare. I mean, they truly hated each other for a long time. Absolutely. Wow. That's a beautiful story. Um, a kindergarten student noticed that the books that she was reading in class rarely included characters that looked like her. And mm. she's trying to change that. Watch this. This is the book of the king of kindergarten. At just five years old, Amor Coleman is a little girl with big ideas. Hi, I'm Amor. Welcome to the book club. Amor goes to kindergarten in Indianapolis, where she noticed the books she reads in class rarely include characters that look like her. 
So she decided to fix that. We're collecting books to show the Black History Month from my friends at my school. With help from her mother, she launched a book drive to collect stories about people of different races and ethnic backgrounds, one for each student in her grade. Here is a page of the book. Previewing the options on Instagram. It makes me feel that we can give books out to other people so they can learn about our history too. (laughs) She put her wish list on Amazon, and the books came pouring in. Instead of a few dozen, several hundred have already been donated. Amor's mother hopes it's been a meaningful experience for her daughter. I hope that she feels empowered and proud um, and feel like that she, even at the age of five, can make an impact at her school and the community. Teaching us all a lesson about the ABCs of activism. Don't, like, tease people. If you're black and if they're white. And why we're never too young to make a difference. Naomi Ruckham, CBS News, New York. Isn't that amazing? Beautiful. I uh, got fired this past year and I had had some time off. Mm -hmm. had about nine months off. Started reading again. My daughter got me to start reading again. Mm -hmm. That five-year-old has a book club. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, there's there's layers to the game, Kevin. <laughs> there's layers to the game. That that story actually reminded me uh, some great news recommendation. The movie Soul. Even if you don't have kids, available now this on is Disney P- Plus. Pixar. I believe it's Pixar. Yeah, because yeah. it's uh, available on Disney Plus. Um, unbelievably inspirational, motivational, super positive, but also like a really um, very. A very beautiful celebration of Black American culture too, and there's no there's no agenda or anything. It's just like it's just a real beautiful story about uh, this man in New York City, and the, you know there's the barbershop scene, and, and it explores like uh, the jazz music in New York, and it it really is. It's a, a, on top of being a great message, it's a beautiful kind of celebration of of Black culture. So. Also, um, a writer that I know, Brad Meltzer, has a great series for kids mm-hmm. called I Am. And then it's fill in the blank with people that kids can look up to of all races. It's all only people. Because I was going to say, what if it's, uh, is there like, I am a dick? No. No, there's none of that. Okay. No. Okay. Cool. I am Rosa Parks, stuff like that. Okay. And then it's made for kids. No, I am Jeffrey Epstein. No. Okay. No. That, that wouldn't be Sorry, good. Brad. No, but that's good. Good yes. job, Meltzer. Um, so you're at Taco Bell. Already a bad decision. It's, you know, unless you want to sponsor the show. I love Taco Bell. It's delicious. Let's it But <laughs> here, here's what I think about Taco Bell, though. You know, if you live in New York City and you hear someone's like ordering Papa John's or something, you're like, dude, yeah. you can walk down the street and get the best pizza outside of Italy in the world right here. It's New York City. When I see people in Los Angeles getting Taco Bell, I'm like, there's a taco truck right there that will blow your mind. Why would you? But, you know, I get both are good. The heart wants what the heart wants. Yes. Anyway, you're at Taco Bell. Uh, you're ordering your food, and you see some kids there. They're trying to uh, make some money on their own with homemade goods, and you overhear that they haven't eaten in a long time. Um, you can make some decisions. This guy, I think, made the right one. Check it out. Check it out. Orm Soldier was standing at the counter of a Taco Bell, ready to order his meal when he stopped cold. He'd overheard what two boys were saying and knew he needed to address them. As he did, another diner whipped out his phone to record the exchange, which left him and many viewers stunned. 
Army Lieutenant Colonel Robert Ridson had no idea he was being watched, let alone recorded, when he went to a Taco Bell in Mobile, Alabama to grab some dinner. Unbeknownst to the uniformed soldier, he would captured the attention of Jason Gibson, a man who was sitting alone and eating his meal. Both Risden and Gibson quickly noted a couple of boys darting around the front of the restaurant. When Risden overheard what the boys were up to, he wanted to ask the boys a question, and it nearly left Gibson choking on his burrito. Shocked, he whipped out his phone and started to record. The two young boys, aged 9 and 13, had seemingly been left alone at the fast food joint, hoping to sell some items from home. They were peddling homemade desserts in an effort to raise money for their local church. Unfortunately, Army Lieutenant Colonel Risden didn't have any cash on him. Risden could have simply declined, demanded to know where their parents were, or pretended not to see them at all. But he couldn't ignore the children. The soldier had quickly noticed the boys looked cold and wet, and it was getting late. So he asked them if they had anything to eat for dinner yet. They hadn't. What happened next was captured on camera by Gibson, who was so affected that he uploaded the video to Facebook and begged others to share it. I was in Taco Bell tonight when two kids came in trying to sell homemade desserts for money. I overheard a soldier ask the kids if they were hungry and told them to follow him to the counter. He would buy them dinner. I had to video it and share. Gibson wrote in the video caption, explaining how the kind-hearted soldier invited the boys up to the register, where he told them to order whatever they wanted to fill their bellies. Dinner was on him. With huge smiles and hearts full of gratitude for the stranger, the boys danced around with excitement as they awaited their warm meals. On top of buying tacos and drinks for the kids, Risden shared a friendly conversation with them. It was a moving sight, to say the least, and Gibson wasn't the only one left feeling proud of those who bravely serve our country wherever they are. The footage touched tens of thousands of people who were compelled to share the inspirational clip across social media. As the video went viral, more was learned about the heroic soldier, Robert Risden, a U.S. Army Ranger, and a father of two stationed in Fort Benning, Georgia. Helping them was an easy decision, more of a reaction. They were cold, wet, and hungry. They were great kids, very respectful and smart, he said. It was the least I could do for two young Americans. They were happy to get some chow for sure and very thankful. Risden says his motivation to help lies in the U.S. Army Ranger's mission statement. I think I could best sum things up as to why I did it because of a creed I live up to every day. The Ranger Creed, he said. One line in the creed encapsulates, I think why I helped. Never shall I fail my comrades. Calling the boys his comrades, he added, it was my duty to help them. Why are military people so much better than us? I think that it is... Um exposure to real problems could be so when what, what's you that picture of i not quite sure is that, a, <laughs> is that a eight layer mexican pizza <laughs> no, it looks like the video i showed you <laughs> yes it does um i think it's exposure to real actual actual problems and so when you return to everyday life you don't have that same manifestation of phony problems i i speculation i mean it makes sense yeah uh the tennessee river is not a great river. <laughs> Why is it not a holy mackerel? Is that yes. it? That is a picture of the Tennessee River. Now let's watch the video of it. As inviting as the Tennessee River looks on a warm day, experts say a closer look shows something that shouldn't be in the water. We're at a crisis point. This is a tipping point. UT Arboretum Education Coordinator Michelle Campanis says a new study shows the Tennessee River has more microplastics or broken down bits of plastic from litter and landfills 
than any other river in the world. It is astronomically higher than any river they've studied. Microplastics are bits of plastic five millimeters or smaller. They're the size of this pencil eraser. Suwannee geology professor Dr. Martin Knoll conducted the study. He says birds and fish are mistaking microplastics for food. They potentially uh, ingest a lot of microplastic material. So I'm, I'm quite worried about the potential impacts on the health of aquatic animals. It's not just animals he worries about. People that drink Tennessee River water, and that's a lot of people, that they might ingest uh, some of this microplastic too. And we just don't know what the impacts of these microplastics are on the health of humans. Dr. Knoll says it's safe to swim in the river. All right, hold you up. Swallow some water. Hold up, but hold it, up. <laughs> After he says all of that, he goes on to say, yeah, it's safe to swim. Safe to swim in it. Just if you take a gulp, just be aware that you'll you're probably die a horrible death. <laughs> but it's safe. Right. And by the way, I have, a, I have a hard time believing <laughs> that that's the most polluted river in the world. I've seen just video of India anything. And like, there's just rats swimming and shit. Stop right. it. You're not helping my story. I'm just, listen, bad river. Let's finish the river and then I'll tell you my story. But not worse river. Go ahead. Concern is the Tennessee River feeds into the Ohio River, the Mississippi and the Gulf, which he says means the microplastics found here are contaminating other waterways as well. Leave no trace with your trash. Uh, and and really thinking about the things we consume. Campana says things like recycling, using reusable products, and throwing away trash help reverse the problem. The little things add up in contributing to the problem, but the little things can really add up in fixing the problem too. A bunch of volunteers got together and went out in the little boats mm -hmm. um, and cleaned out nine thousand pounds of trash. That's four and a half tons. They didn't just sit there and complain about what a mess it is. They yeah. went out and got in it. Yeah. And got 9,000 pounds worth of trash out. That is amazing. And that's my great news. Good for you, Tennessee. But wait, I like how she goes, and throwing away your trash can contribute. <laughs> what, as opposed to the alternative? Like... <laughs> Anyway, that, that is a great story. Um, we can agree high school kids, dicks, for the most part. Pretty much, yeah. Teenagers in general. I was. I was too. Okay. And then you get older and you learn and you start to see how some of your behavior can affect people. And then you, you change your ways, hopefully. Um, but by and large, teenage years, not exemplary for how you treat other people. That's why stories like this, I think, are so touching. Check it out. Our series of More Perfect Union aims to show that what unites us as Americans is far greater than what divides us. When it comes to making friends, high school can be especially difficult. For some teenagers, the hardest part of the day can be lunchtime in the high school cafeteria. CBS This Morning Saturday co-host Dana Jacobson visited Boiling Springs High School in South Carolina to see how a simple question changed one student's life. Tell me about the first day of school this year. I was sitting at lunch like I normally did, and like they came up to me and asked me to sit with them. Who was they? Who came up to you? The student council. What did you think when they came up? I was excited. Excitement might not be the typical reaction for a high school student, but lunch has never been very social for sophomore Andrew Kirby. Last year, what was lunch like? I was sitting like alone. 
a lot of times at lunch, I'll text Andrew. Kay Kirby is Andrew's mom. Hold on. Are you eating with it? (laughs) Hello, hello, Kay. Um, (laughs) Does your son need any private mentorship? I could maybe come over to the house if Kay is. uh, I think he's probably fine. I'm just saying if Kay is in need of some. Right, it's Andrew's mom, and Uh we're talking about a kid. Maybe she needs some sophomore in high school that I'm willing to. Okay, go go ahead. Anyone, and he said no. And I sat at my desk at work and I just prayed. I said, Lord, please send somebody to eat with him. Making friends hasn't been easy for Andrew. He was born with a neurological disorder and has undergone several major surgeries. You hear that he's sitting alone as a mom. How did that make you feel? Oh, it broke my heart. But that changed on the first day of school when members of the student council noticed that Andrew was eating alone and invited him to join them. We were sitting by ourselves. We'd want to go sit with someone, so we don't want someone to have to sit by themselves. Everyone needs to have someone, and anyone can be a help with that. <laughs> it's very encouraging to know that there, there are teenagers out there that took their time. Thank you. They weren't being in their own clique. They weren't being... Um, selfish. They took their time to reach out to somebody that might be different. And you know, you never know what a child's going through. Maybe they've got a bad home life. Maybe they're depressed, you know, and there's a kid sitting by themselves and they notice that. The piece I have now at lunch, I don't feel like I need to text him and check on him. What started as a small act of kindness has even gone beyond the cafeteria. They went to the movies together a couple weeks ago and um, He had never really been invited by other kids his age to go out and hang out as a 16-year-old. What did that mean to you? Like it made me feel special that someone would ask me to go. A special gesture that would have a lasting impact. Have you been eating lunch with them every day since? Yeah. You're not hearing from Andrew around lunch Mm -hmm. anymore. No, he hadn't texted me since. (laughs) (laughs) For CBS This Morning, Dana Jacobson, Boiling Springs, South Carolina doesn't take much. No, it's really beautiful. And I, I, it breaks my heart even to hear, you know, I obviously have seen the story before, but, um, you know, you, you think back, like he's, he, it was such a big deal that they invited him to go to a movie. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I like, I was by no means like Mr. Popular, but I wasn't like, I ne- it wasn't special for someone to invite me to go somewhere, you know? And I, it must've been, but that made all the difference to uh, him. It must've been torturous for him until in that and how much it must've meant to him to, uh, to have that happen. And then he went on to front Weezer. So. I'm sorry. No, that is not Rivers Cuomo. That's not who that is. Uh, and that's this week's great news. Yeah. Uh, by this week, I mean today. Yeah. And, and we'll see you tomorrow right here. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. <clears throat> Outro! You know what I'm talking about, bro! Yeah! So hello to the happy, goodbye to the blues, cause Kevin and Mike, we rocked you with the great news. (laughs) Kevin and Mike are here to give you great news. Nice.